I'm happiest in the saddle. <laughs> A fellow sportsman. I am an FBI agent. Great Scott. What do you say we cut the chit-chat? A-hole. Dogs and cats living together. Masses terrier. Come with me if you want to live. Hello and welcome to Retro Ramble. I'm Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. And this time, George and I are travelling back to 1982 to take a Retro Ramble on First Blood. Not to be confused with First Blood Part 2 or Part 3. This was the first... Or even Rambo. Yeah, or John Rambo. No, it was just Rambo. Was it just Rambo, the 2008? Yeah, so this is the 1982, what started it all, First Blood. So, George, who brought us this film? So this is brought to us by Ted Kotcheff. Why are we doing this film? Because it's not really the, f- it's not really a film we can poke fun at, so to say. No, it's, it's a good film. It's a good film, it's, and it's uh, yes, it's got some very serious themes in it. Uh, but we just thought it was very fitting because we are just about to see the release of the final instalment, or uh, we would assume the final instalment of the Rambo franchise, as it is titled Rambo: Last Blood. Yeah, it's not called Last Blood Part One. <laughs> Let's hope not. Change <laughs> the ending. <laughs> eight, eight films later yeah. Johnny Okay so we're going to be uh, Back in Well Just one, the wonderful 80s After taking some time In the, the 90s I very much enjoyed Watching this film uh, Done by you Going back Can I shock you I also really enjoyed Watching this I mean I think we Both of us haven't watched it For some time It's not a A, a repeat viewing And because it was so serious And actually qualitative I think we spent a lot more time With the bombastic silliness Of part two When we were growing up But we'll touch on that later. Yeah. So there'll be the usual uh, production background from George. Uh, We'll then skip through um, what highlights of the film. Highlights of the film before a quick coulda, woulda, shoulda, some suspicious spin-offs. And that's basically what you've come to expect. If you're not sure what this podcast is all about, here's George with just a quick reminder on some general housekeeping. Thank you, Charlie. So, yes, this is a light-hearted look back at the films of our youth. So Charlie and I are brothers. We are movie lovers, but we are not movie professionals, so uh, we may get the occasional thing wrong, but uh, we aim to inform as well as entertain. There will be spoilers from the very off, because we do go into heavy detail with these films. There will also be more than likely some dodgy impressions as well, and occasionally some fruity language. So uh, if you have little people around, uh, please be careful of that. This episode is rated explicit. Explicit. Okay, so... So uh, let's suit up, live off the land. Got my bandana on. Okay, and it's time to go back to First Blood. Enjoy. John Rambo, a drifter just passing through their town. You got some place I can eat around here? There's a diner about 30 miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah, me. I want you to book this gentleman for vagrancy, resisting arrest, carrying a concealed weapon. They knew he was innocent. I'm starting to dislike you a lot. And they didn't give a damn. John Rambo, one man who's been pushed too far. Hunted. Trapped. There he is! On the cliff! And forced to fight back. You don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert in guerrilla warfare. Are you telling me that 200 men against your boy is a no-win situation for us? You send that money, don't forget one thing. A good supply of body bags. Sylvester Stallone. This time, he's fighting for his life. First Blood. So, George... 1982 First Blood our first encounter with the the amazing action hero that is John Rambo uh, how, how did we how do we get this film and I think a good place to start is where where were we in Stallone's career because this is still quite early on in uh, Sylvester Stallone's career yeah relatively early on so this was 
this the this is based on a book by a book a book not uh, to be confused with a film based on a, a very popular book written by david morell in 1972 and it was have a, you read this book i have not read the book why but um it's, it's on my to read list <laughs> actually because it was so well received it became quite popular in terms of people were fighting over the film rights and apparently we yeah, took basically 10 years for to actually get to the screen due to rewrites from moving from studio uh, etc and Stallone even says uh, in his um in his commentary on this, he says it was a cursed project that had literally been turned down by every leading man in uh, in Hollywood. And he was like, that's the one for me. Well, yeah. And he said he was like even having sort of last minute sort of thoughts like, how can I get out of this film? But we'll go back a bit before that. So, yeah, Warner's originally had the rights to the novel and uh, director Ted Kotcheff worked on a draft but then that draft was shelved because the studio basically said we're we don't want to do any more vietnam films they're too depressing nobody wants to see them um so it was kicking around and still the rights belong to to warners but ted kotcheff met with uh, andy vagner and mario cassar who were building their production company uh, Corolco is the best Easy way for you to say. Um, so they were they made a lot of our favourite '80s films. I think they were they bankrolled the Terminator, yep. the first two Terminator films, and I think their actual studio logo has the Rambo music at the start. That does sound familiar. So yeah, they were just starting out um, as a production company, and they said to Kotcheff, "We're a small company. We're doing small films, but uh, we wanted to look at some big films. Is there any? Uh, is there a project you really want?" to do and Kotcheff said well there's this great script I've worked on uh, I helped at Warner Brothers and yeah but there's no chance you're going to be able to get that away from Warner Brothers but they sure enough they, they managed to get it away and then they said okay who do you want for the role and Kotcheff said the guy that's perfect for the role is Sylvester Stallone but interestingly, not many people wanted to cast Sylvester Stallone at the time because even though he'd had a big hit with Rocky and Rocky II had been out, all the other films he'd been doing, so films that I don't think either of us have seen. So there's, I think it was uh, Paradise Alley, Fist, which is F-I-S-T, Nighthawks, <laughs> were all flops. What's Fist about? Oh, I don't want to. I, I think it's about gangsters. I don't think it's about <laughs> fisting. So yeah, those those films outside of Rocky were flops. So the guys at Corolla, were a little bit apprehensive so Kotcheff had to had to fight for him so he showed the script to Stallone who loved it it's this classic Hollywood paradox I love the script and I'm happy to come on board if I can make a few rewrites <laughs> nice so and obviously Stallone had was an Oscar winner for you know writing the script to to Rocky so it wasn't an unusual request obviously you know leading some leading men want to have input but I suppose he had a bit more bargaining power because of the success of Rocky but he, he would go on that we've talked about that in some of the other films of Stallone that we've covered that he he likes to kind of have a tight grasp on how things turn out and they have a they do have a certain aspect to them, but he proved with Rocky that he can write a good story. Well, and I think that's it, because he's had that element of control from from the very start of his career. If we were, you know, when we're not counting the porn film he did, <laughs> but he's had that level of control. And yeah, as we've touched on in, in previous podcasts with Stallone, that yeah, he is a bit of a control freak. I think it's also he thinks, well, it's worked before. I'm not going to change it now. But Kotcheff is uh, in his in a recent interview, he was really you know singing Stallone's praises and said the amendments that Stallone made to the script were some of the best parts of you know the key defining parts of the film so he in the original novel Rambo kills a lot of people and in that the current script at the time he was still I think killed quite a few national guards and Stallone rightfully argued saying well if this guy's killing people it's going to be hard to win the audience over yeah so they stripped that all back and so he's just <laughs> defending himself yeah and uh, the other thing that was quite vital they stripped out a lot of Rambo's dialogue so the you know, sort of slight silent brooding type where he's he was quite talkative in earlier drafts of the script and the most major contribution that defined the franchise was that he changed the ending but we'll go into that uh, at a later on great okay so uh, anything else you want to obviously I noticed when the credits were rolling from a production point of view it's not only then Jezza Golds was it Jezza Goldsmith on music yes Jerry Goldsmith it is a, a fantastic score and I think that's what you know people have 
you know mixed uh, thoughts about the Rambo franchise but the one thing everyone uh, is unanimous with is it's a cracking score when it kicks in it's just obviously I had you know tingles I was like oh my god how many times do I watch Rambo films because they obviously keep it for the sequel uh, and it's just yeah it's it's the Rambo theme music it's uh, it's tense it builds it goes with the action it's uh, a bit mystical no I love it as you say it's you know it's, it's been used throughout the uh, the films uh, sequels and uh, the animated spin-off the, the short-lived animated spin-off in the just 80s. for kids just for kids so yeah in terms of other production stuff so originally um, the film came in at over three and a half hours and <laughs> Stallone hated the first cut he said it made him physically uh, feel ill and he was scared it would destroy his career so he tried to buy the film back to destroy it wow but what they the studio managed uh, I think it was Orion managed to re- nobody wants a war nobody wants I'll give you a war you wouldn't believe um, so yeah they managed to recut it so basically yeah, essentially cut it in half because yeah I think we were saying it's like 93 minutes or something perfect uh, I think it's a perfect uh, length for a film like this personally. and yeah it, it really um, it set the pace for sort of future action scenes in terms of and it made it a really lean film the original budget was 11 million you were saying you, you, you thought it, was, it felt quite expensive like quite well, high budget well I think we'll get to but I think definitely what it culminates into for act three I would have thought for the time for 1982 in terms of what's going down I was like yeah, they, they spent a fair whack on this film and I think a lot of it was in the back end um, in that was act three there's a lot of explosions big, explosions set pieces but yeah the punishment so the, the original budget was 11 million but it did end up costing closer to 17 million and production ran over a little bit um, which were made uh, tensions between the studio and Ted Kotcheff but it seemed like there was a lot of stuff that they kind of filmed on the fly so we i suppose we'll we'll jump into the uh the film now so act one you've got rambo's a traveling man and he's He's, smiling he's a happy-go-lucky veteran veteran soldier who's returned to the motherland he's got a smile on his face kids are playing and i was like this isn't the rambo i remember (laughs) but he's not smiling for long is he and i'm wondering is he just is he, is he, does he start grimacing because of the news he's getting or just the terrible acting of the supporting actress he's having to work with? She is pretty terrible. But um, yeah, no, that's, obviously that's the, the snapping point for him that he's found out that all of my friends are dead, yeah. uh, essentially. And yeah, he's got nothing left. And well, interestingly, a bit of trivia that all of Rambo's team are named after people in the film's crew. So the um, makeup artist Michael Westmore and costume designer uh, Tom Bronson. So. Wow, they must really have contributed a lot to be... Uh, uh, yeah. such an important part of the uh, the cast because they feature quite predominantly in, in the script exactly then we get, we have Rambo wandering into town such um, a dreamboat with his flowing locks and those young looks like, who is this prussiate uh, Anglo-Italian America I don't know I, I mean obviously this is well this is post porn film <laughs> post porn film but I had shades of uh, flashbacks or uh, shades of Superman of him walking the lonely roads you yeah. know in, in the in the wilderness and I suppose it's a f- only a few years later yeah but the other sort of 80s stereotype picked on you've got your small town sheriff and I'm wondering has that you know it's that you've got that small town sheriff in this in Gremlins it was a bit of an 80s stereotype and I don't know if it's something that Stranger Things has, has played on I, I think it has and then if you want to um bring it right back to I'd say present day if you look at uh, three billboards that is what a small town in America looks now and they've got m- quite a few deputies yes there's a sheriff but it's still what it were if we are to believe everything we see at the cinema which of course it's we all do, true it's all true um, it would it would suggest that yeah that state county law county line because you know obviously America is very much broken up into these jurisdictions don't give me any of that jurisdiction jurisdiction uh, um, yeah so uh, yeah I, I think that is the way and it does featuring a lot of films with the state troopers and the county and the sheriff that it is that is how it's marshaled mm. to use but upon ooh So, yeah, we're introduced to the wonderful Brian Dennehy. Yes. Who puts uh, in a sterling performance throughout this film. He's a very important part of this film. Well, he's a brilliant actor. And in the interesting, I, I sort of couldn't get my head around why he was 
picking on Rambo or in Stallone's words why are you pushing me why are you pushing me but in the they don't really hit, uh, make it clear in the film but apparently in the original novel Teasel Will Teasel the sheriff is a veteran of the Korean War and apparently the Korean War was kind of seen as a bit of a forgotten war um, and so I think there's a bit of sort of animosity because the war that uh, that Teasel fought in he never got the recognition whereas it was all about the sort of the Vietnam war so that's that's why he has that chip on his shoulder yeah and sorry just a question i forgot to ask earlier the book is about a vietnam vet yes right okay so but it took 10 years to be made which is why it was made in the 80s but still it was good for us because we've got probably a better film that we might have done had it wasn't made closer to vietnam yes a yes, bit more indeed. distance i mean there were some interesting uh, actors considered or at least it was pitched to but uh, getting we'll, excited about coulda woulda shoulda we'll have to hold that back for coulda woulda shoulda um but i've got a question for you charlie it's quite an important question is First Blood a Christmas movie? <laughs> it is at Christmas. It is at Christmas. There is Christmas decorations in the sheriff's department. The uh, Christmas lights. The snow. Yeah, I'd say it qualifies. So, you know, if... Uh, the only thing is there's no Christmas music. There's not as much Christmas music no, as there is in, say... Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. There's not enough Christmas references. It's not like Die Hard. There's not enough Alan Rickman. There's not, it's not clean cut like that or, you know. Anyway. But we also have the appearance in the sheriff's department of... The one and only David Caruso. Not taking his sunglasses off. Not not nearly enough. But still, Wise talking very confident performance from him. Very much a rookie, though. He's sort of the more of the sympathetic sort well, of he must type be in his twenties in in that role. I think so, yeah. But I mean, he he plays that in in character. But as I say, he comes. It's no surprise that he went on. He went on to. Um, bigger and greater things because you could tell he's a competent actor who's comfortable in the role and he, he gets quite a few lines you know he's, he's probably and the most developed of the deputies well he's the more he's, he's the, the most conscious yes because the rest of them are a little bit cardboard gun-toting lunatics um, yes um, no even uh, Stallone says in uh, in his commentary that he you could see that Caruso was going to go on to, to bigger things yeah but he still took him down as John still Rambo still took him down and uh, apparently Stallone admits that he went a bit method and um, <laughs> wouldn't speak to the other actors on set and was actually quite rough with them in the rehearsals and stuff. So, like it. Uh, so they were obviously, yeah, there was a little bit of animosity towards uh, towards him. And I think he actually, there's the bit where he's, he's in the police station, they start, you know, torturing him, they, they're hosing him down, there's the obligatory Stallone butt shot. Yeah. He starts having his Vietnam flashbacks. I being totally tortured. forgotten about the flashbacks. I don't know about you, because it's been a while. We should probably, just before we go any further, should we just have a quick chat about First Memories? Because we watched this film, you know, we mentioned it, the intro we probably watched first blood part two a lot more than this film i can't remember really watching this when we were younger i got to this in my teens and it was like yeah this is a much different serious film but i think i've only watched it once or twice before covering on retro ramble whereas i have no idea how many times we've watched first blood part two yes so uh yeah we were chatting about this and unfortunately the the, the, the bingo name is coming up we were introduced this by our, our neighbors the glenn dennings i'm gonna blame james glenn dennings this i'm sure i remember him saying something like, ah the first one's really boring <laughs> well that's it it's got no exploding um, bow and arrows in it so yeah he was like no the second one's much better so and okay. i think that's it we were given the option of one or two but two had a lot was loads more action was loads better and i kind of fell into a mini rambo sort of obsession and i did one watch first blood part two repeatedly i don't i don't think i watched i wasn't interested in three because no no that's that's not as good and yeah one was really boring and then yeah i think like you i it took me quite a few years to actually watch first blood and go oh it's yeah it's, it's a different film um and it's yeah it's a much better film but obviously it's it's a lot more serious that's looking and, through the eyes of a mature adult yes exactly whereas you know as a teenage boy uh, and probably if not younger it gave me the first blood part two gave me all the sort of action porn ridiculous one-liners a man could ever need and i think james quickly followed up with he fires a bow now with explosive arrows i'm in i'm in i'm in i mean and as you and i uh, mentioned at the end of the last podcast we are no at, so, at some point we will obviously cover first blood part two and oh it's coming and probably partner it up with hot shots part two it'd be wrong not to it'd be wrong not to but yeah i think we have to give that film um it's some uh, coverage at some point because well, that's going to be, be a lot more lighthearted. it would be difficult to cover first blood part two without making a lot of references to hot shots so we'll just get both of those out of the way since i think that's probably the best way to do it so yeah 
I had forgotten because I'd say I've only seen this film a couple of times a long time ago I'd totally forgotten about the flashbacks and that does obviously add a lot more depth and reflectively taking into account the minimal dialogue that John Rambo has in this film apart from the very end I think it's good because you're you are understanding his motivations you know without without any dialogue you're starting to see why he's going to potentially and obviously absolutely fly off the handle at some point i mean i don't want to sort of diminish it. obviously it's quite a sort of serious point in the um in the film but uh what are your thoughts on the flashback tash or the flash tash he has a, a dash lo- in the flashbacks. He's got a massive handlebar mustache in the in the the Vietnam flashbacks. That's how we know it's a flashback. They were very quick, but now you say it, I am seeing a lot of who's that guy from Stranger Things, who's uh, been compared to Will Gregg. To, oh, um, <laughs> yes, uh, that 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 fellow that's the villain in series three. Yeah, yeah, I've got a real thing for him. I don't know if it's because he's sexy or just I'm, a really good actor. I'm strangely attractive Billy, as well. Billy, Billy, yes. Billy from Stranger Things. It's that sort of tash, isn't it? It's kind of like what the mighty Bush would call a mocha stain. Yes, it's it's a very droopy seventies. Do you think it's a fake? Do you think it's a fake moustache? Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> um, apparently, there were a lot more Vietnam flashbacks in the the long extended cut, but um, yeah, obviously they've been cut for sort of economic exposition, right? <laughs> So yeah, Rambo flips. He takes out the guards, uh, the the um, sheriff's department, and apparently, yeah, he he did actually genuinely break when he you know he takes out that guy and then elbows him in the face. Yeah, he did actually break the guy's nose. I like the fact that he goes so cuckoo that even the guy, that poor guy, who's coming into the the station with coffee. donuts, he's just like bam. Um, so yeah, apparently Stallone did all his stunts on the motorbike. Uh, in the town part obviously didn't do them when they're up in the mountains I noticed the stunt driver because but what I couldn't get my head around because it is a nice bit of misdirection is it's clearly him in the town and so it does a very good job of saying I can ride this bike and I think there's one shot when he goes through the garage it's not him because it's just the speed at which he's going it's too close it's too close it's a really tight uh, angle that he goes through that garage at but then the rest of it you can see it's him and that's that's a good chase and you can see it's a good reveal of both the characters of uh, Dennehy and John Rambo yeah and credit must go to Stallone because apparently they filmed in the middle of winter in British Columbia so it was like absolutely freezing and he's doing all these scenes in a vest and and then obviously he later on he gets his this old bit of tarp um, which is apparently they they completely stumbled on by chance they were shooting up in the mountains and there was that disused um you know mine mine they found and they found this bit of tarp and he's like oh well why don't i use this and like and so they cut it up and they had to basically you know became precious this this sort of rat- poncho of justice yeah and, and apparently uh, stallone still has it at home but just yeah wears it around the house <laughs> i imagine it's very smelly can uh, we just talk briefly about the location because it is i mean we've both we both skied over in uh, british columbia and it is obviously it's amazing to behold but I mean in those conditions it's raining and it just looks bleak and cold but it's, it's an interesting setting if anything you know if you look at the, the franchise as a whole you'd almost imagine looking back um, that the first film would be the one in that we see in First Blood Part 2 and then the second would be It's Come Home yeah. yeah, no, it's actually quite interesting that we get a film like this. Um, I mean, you wouldn't get that. You wouldn't get this sort of film in today's climate. You wouldn't get like a homegrown American guy. I mean, what's his problem? He's charged with vagrancy and he's a, he's an American citizen. He's just, he's a soldier. He's getting, um, he's a goddamn war hero. He's a goddamn war hero. But yeah, he's being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Discriminated against because because he's seen as a baby killer all of that you know that what people thought of those who fought in uh, Vietnam straight after it well yeah it's um, as you say it's it's, it's, it just amplifies like how like you know how much of a survivalist he is um, you know how the lengths he will go to uh, and his training and stuff and yeah and it's, it's interesting that all the other sequels are set in hot climates yeah and I do think that there was a very much when he's escaping from the police station and he's taking out all those people he's like an animal but uh, to quote Bill Paxton from our, our last episode the training kicks in <laughs> it, it is just like that isn't it you can just see that he just goes on like uh, beast mode yeah. and then just goes nuts and like nothing's going to stop him and he's checking out where the guns are he's checking out his exit room 
roots. That's uh, true. Yeah, how he's he's clocking everything. Yeah, but yeah, the whilst he doesn't have the the bow with the exploding arrows, he does have the very cool knife that has everything, everything, compass, thread, fishing hook, things like that. Um, but apparently that that was yeah a real knife, and it prompted a massive boost in knife sales and lots of uh, rip off copies of that style of knife of having stuff hidden in in the hilt. What about sales of the M60 machine gun? Oh, uh, well, they, they, they were always big in America. They've remained static at 85%. Yeah, I think also about, you know, his training and when you see, um, I think something we'll touch on later is is when he does start start showing off his his traits his skills because as we say in the later films it's more re- reactionary like how is he going to use because he, he's kind of attacking whereas in this film it's very much about him defending himself defending and escape so yeah he's cornered there he's on a rock face rambo's on a rock face what a cliffhanger oh my god i can't believe you went there i totally did and they've released the chopper you've got the evil sadistic cop i think he's called galt well, i thought it was art is it galt? galt galt i think it's just the way they pronounce it galt galt but uh, i would have liked to i think the only thing i would have liked him to have remained in the film but you know it was like he galt, is, galt he, versus rock yeah he <laughs> is he is so evil yeah and uh, I, I noticed that he says it a lot but most a lot of the other cops the most popular line in the film seems to be son of a bitch <laughs> but that whole sequence of you know Rambo being on the cliff face the guys like trying to take pot shots at him and then there's a brilliant shot where Stallone Rambo's up against a tree and the, the helicopter's in the back and it's like hovering side to I was going to ask you is that a stunt or is it actually done by an amazing pilot no because, that's, that's done for real because I wondered I was looking for it whether it's seeing if there's any have sort they put of, a screen have they done something like are they, is that why he's behind the tree no no I, th- I think amazing they, camera I, work. I think it's just a great location that they found that they've obviously got it's low it's really open for the helicopter but it looks really claustrophobic because of what's in the foreground but you know how a lot of these 80s films and obviously uh we're talking about tv shows of the time like the 18 stuff like that looks ridiculous that would never happen that's impossible but this is a kind of brought down to like sort of brass tactics it's like it's a guy in a helicopter with a rifle and the guys on the ground and the stakes seem real and yeah the guys are shooting the tree and johnny rambo what does he do you're gonna throw rocks <laughs> and then takes takes it out it's brilliant yeah and have we as he we've missed obviously the the obviously one of the the key moments in this film and i remember one of our friends talking about that that was the reason why this film was cool when he does the jump and lands in the tree and rips his arm open yeah that's insane and well apparently um stallone filmed the the like the last third of that fall where he's falling down the branches and he broke a rib doing it so you know very dedicated thanks sly but yeah i remember uh one of our friends saying oh yeah you've got to see rambo there's a bit like he cuts his arm open and he does this like he jumps at least like 200 meters as it was when you were a child everything yeah. was times by like whatever and he, yeah he sews up his own his own arm it's it's like you know it's it's the sign of a real man yeah it's it's well because uh, it, there are those moments in these films you're like I couldn't do that <laughs> I definitely couldn't do that one of the things that I think is a bit of a a goof uh, or a mistake and I think Stallone even picks up on this in his commentary is obviously uh, Galt has, has fallen out of the helicopter and landed on the rocks and uh, Rambo goes up to like frisk him and take his gun and he takes off his jacket correct but then he doesn't do anything with the jacket he leaves yes, it yes he does what's he doing you're obviously not paying t- close attention brother well so even Stallone goes I don't know what we, we, we never resolve what happens with the jacket okay so I'm smarter than both you and Stallone okay that's this is a good moment for me no when the dogs come which is shortly after oh is that, is, that what, is, is that what he puts on the scarecrow yeah right okay <laughs> In your yes. face, alone, yeah. and George. Yes, that is a, that is a good point. But he's sacrificing warmth. Yeah, that is true. But he's going to live off the land. He is going to live off the land. So then we have the. I thought this, you know, the the cops in the forest and that they're squabbling amongst each other, and a line that crops up in Team America: "The fight's out there, man. It's out there." I I, I underlined that as well. I was like, "It's out there. You want to fight." out there man but I, I guess that came up in a lot of war films when when soldiers are squabbling together or something yeah yeah I always thought that part is very horror-esque you know you've got it's very darkly lit and he's he's picking them off one by one very predator-esque yeah. I mean obviously this is years before predator but you can see I think a lot you could point the finger at Arnie and say I'm sorry but there's a lot of inspiration here when he's like making his own little traps and stuff that I, I can do that also uh, yeah definitely it, yeah, that's what I kept on thinking yeah he's about. got that thing where the guy gets like 
lanced in the leg. Oh my god, so cruel. <laughs> but he's just like wounding all of them. Yeah, and it's like properly like just a quick sort of stab in the leg and then he runs off. And we'll get to this when obviously, I, I mean we can talk about it now, but one thing that keeps on cropping up throughout this film and I love it and I think they do, they touch on it I think in, in Hot Shots but we won't go into that now, but it's just when he appears you know when there's the, the the shot goes wide and he's in the shot you yeah. know when he, i think that's how he takes out caruso caruso comes around a tree and i think i only spotted it from obviously watching it before but it's like is that guy lying on the floor and he yeah. comes out of nowhere and it's the proper green beret i mean blending into the surroundings my Brilliant. favorite moment is in rambo first blood part two where he, the eyes open in the mud yeah yeah and he comes out of the mud um but yeah this is a, a lot more subtle but yeah then we get the line with him face to face with teasel with the the immortal line i'll give you a war you wouldn't believe yeah it's brilliant don't push me let it go but then we we quickly get to act two and what does act two bring the arrival of colonel troutman oh my god what a monologue i'm a possessed god in heaven to make a man like rambo god didn't make rambo i made him who the hell are you sam troutman colonel samuel troutman look we're a little busy this morning colonel what can i do for you i've come to get my boy your boy i recruited him i trained him I commanded him in Vietnam for three years. I'd say that makes him mine. Uh, I love the the gravitas of Richard Crenna. I mean, uh, yeah, as you say, it's a it's a cracking monologue. I mean, I've just I've had to, to take some of the monologue here, but it's like with a man who's the best, with guns, with knives, with his bare hands, being trained to ignore pain, ignore weather, to live with the land. I know, but he's loving it. He's so proud. And like, even Dennehy picks up on that. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's so over the top, but it, maybe it's how, how people in his position would talk. It's a bit William Shatner-esque, isn't it? <laughs> um, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because he's I always mean, smiling at the end of each sentence, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've got no chance against him. And yeah, I, no, I, th- I think, yeah, Richard Krenner is is absolutely brilliant in this and obviously he's a key part of the Ram- Rambo franchise and I noticed even for the um, and the, the Hot Shots franchise and, and, and Hot Shots part <laughs> uh, you know yeah, hats off to him he does take the piss out of himself in brilliantly that, brilliantly um, but I noticed for the uh, trailers for the new uh, Rambo Last Blood they're still using sound bites from from Troutman for, for the actual trailers um, what has he got his, uh, his voice in his head yeah yeah sort of like mm-hmm. live off the lad lad that. yeah well it's, it's kind of like that you know he's the snake to his mongoose or the mongoose, mongoose to his snake so yeah they, they but they send in uh, the National Guard and yeah you and I were chatting about this before, earlier well first so it escalates to state troopers state troopers and then obviously they call in the National Guard the, the weekend warriors as Brian Denny looks down on them yeah woefully inept and you and I both agree this is the part of the film that just doesn't really fit it's a bit too comic it breaks the tone yeah, because I mean, it it's a bit it, too slapstick. Yeah, it, it could fit in another. Uh, it would have been what I think would have been would have worked better. Would have them actually trying to stand up to him. It, I guess, I guess they had to fill out the time somehow. Between it would have been interesting to see the real army. You know, yes. it would have. Been, I think that well, would exactly, have worked better. Him, him going up against similar you know send in other Green Berets no because I think we talked about how this film was much longer and a lot was cut and there was people that were being killed and that's been cut as well and it's funny I think it, it was it kind of I suppose looking back at it it illuminates the fact that this there probably was a bit of a rush job and that I think if they cut this bit out and actually had him up against proper army types or special forces that would have been a bit better but then I maybe that wouldn't and fit with the overall tour, uh, the overall theme that America's army is unbeatable pushes it closer to more the cartoonishness of part two whereas it is a bit like yeah it's escalation it's the small town cops the yeah the state troopers the you know the the, and then the national guard are struggling with it and that's yeah they they bring in Troutman but sort of to to negotiate I I suppose but there's still no army it is so and and I suppose but you love it how the 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 national guard have you know rocket launchers and stuff get get the bazooka get get the RPG yeah Um, and whilst working in the drugstore yeah yeah it's like come on I gotta go back to the drugstore tomorrow. Jeez. I, I think there was also uh, a break in the, in the narration somehow because he set all of these traps and you see him doing something with the barrel and then he goes to the to the yes. mine. And so it's obviously his plan to get cornered there. But like, what was the whole business with the barrel? That's Unless that barrel's full of... 
I think gasoline I, to make the explosion bigger it's not really explained I, I don't well, know if it's it? just like a, a trip hazard thing so when he's hiding out in the cave to hear if somebody's entering the cave maybe because I wondered it because then you obviously it very quickly transpires that his his trick all along was to lead the the, the troops to that cave and that was going to be his hiding place and he was going to find a way out and even even uh, Troutman sees it when he's just up there with a smug look on his face but yeah then uh, obviously he's trapped or we think he's trapped um, but uh, so yeah Rambo has to crawl through and Rambo versus rats yeah good but, work to rat handler I saw yeah. in the credits there's a there's a boar handler and there's a dog handler and a rat handler hi what do you do for a living <laughs> how do you deal with a rat Johnny just kick its face off <laughs> that's an otter oh that's an otter sorry uh, just pumped full of uh, rat hormones what <laughs> what is what is nice to see is that Stallone's sound effects i.e. his grunts or his shock noises <laughs> have not changed in 40 years <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he did get uh, a few bites and, and scratches from the rats because yeah. they, they they freak out. I think was like with water and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this. Um, I mean, we are whizzing through it. But I noticed that he, um, Jerry Goldsmith's score at, at times. You know, we we gave uh, Alan Silvestri some some shtick for it. Um, him him always incorporating notes of the Back to the Future score. But I noticed uh, shades of Total Recall in in this score. Obviously, this came first. I, I would need to probably think listen to that again. I didn't I didn't pick up on that. Um, uh, listening to it but I did, it did I'll, sound I'll, familiar I'll, I'll play you some samples later yeah it, it did I'll drop you some samples it did sound familiar but then I, I think I just got lost just with my head swaying it's a long road what a tune oh no it's the more sort of dramatic dun, 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 dun. yeah dun, 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 dun. Um, so act three Rambo brings the war to town and this is where the budget goes I think and it's a great ending because you're like how is this going to end is it going to escalate and it's just going to be troops and and you know is it all going to be a showdown it's like no it's got personal and you, you, you tell but as you said it's it's all very tactical like in terms of his strike points you know taking out the, the petrol station which is you know takes out all the cars distraction then he, then he goes out and takes all out all the power yeah. and he's going around the city you know, creates a diversion in the hunting shop with all yeah. the ammunition yeah so it's you know it's, it's very very well done so yeah he takes out the power takes out the garage yeah so and Brian Dennehy is just getting he's just watching his town burn the one and it's got to be like the worst like what did he actually think he was going to achieve like we don't want people like you in this town was this why yes <laughs> yes indeed I mean great sort of face off it's very tense it's you know it's very you can see he's again it's all very sort of horror-esque he's stalking him he's slowly going in for his his, his prey but then we get Brenny, Denny he's a good um, foil yeah he's a good foil to him though I think you think oh he's going up to the roof he's got he's got the jump on him he's going to be able to see him and he's showing that he's got some he's had some tactical training Before he was in Korea he's god damn it Korea god damn it Korean um, war hero but yeah it's like nobody can stand up to Johnny so the so we're at the ending and obviously there's um well, the first of all, I've, I've put um, Rambo's emotional breakdown. You know, great bit of acting from Sly. Some wow. of his, some of his finest, I'd well, say. I think before we start talking about that, I'd like to know: do you, was that Stallone's input? Because it is such an amazing performance from him. It is based on, yeah. Apparently, it's based on true uh, life tales from Vietnam vets about some of the stuff that they they endured. Um, so yeah, I think it, that is his his input, and apparently the studio was a little bit nervous about it being too on the nose too graphic and a bit too intense no I think it hammers at home and I think you really see the bond between him and uh, Troutman I think the only thing that scene is missing is I would have liked the camera to pan back even just for a second to Dennehy's face to see some acting from Dennehy go I would have liked the camera to have panned just back to Dennehy just for a little bit uh, just to have seen some sort of reaction to this but maybe it's better that we didn't because it's kind of like Rambo breaking down well the the the, the key contribution that uh, Stallone made and Stallone fought for so in the original novel um, Rambo is killed by by Troutman I think it's sort of like a mercy killing wow. um, but they were going to in the original script for the film Rambo uh, 
takes uh, Troutman's gun and turns it on himself so Rambo kills himself wow. and, and they actually film that you can actually find it on, on YouTube um, we will try and include a link we always say that we do and we rarely do but um, yeah it's on uh, alternate Ram, you know First Blood alternate ending will be on YouTube um, because it was included on the DVD and yeah so they filmed it and Stallone uh, said to Kocha he said just, this just doesn't feel right you know we've we've brought you know the audience on this journey we've got them on side and it just feels like a cop out you know that it's, it's a real bummer ending and and Kotcheff agreed so they filmed an alternate version so they cut that bit short and then obviously had the panning shot of him being escorted out of the the police station and and just showing the wreckage that he'd he'd made and him obviously going away and all those cops another kind of like Blues Brothers look was Blues Brothers 81 yes yes it was it's like America showing we got a lot of cops we got a lot of cops. state cops county cops local town cops um, so yeah uh, and I say the um, the guys at uh, Karolko were were dead against it. They wanted the the suicide ending, which is odd because obviously it's a major factor in ensuring that the by ra- ra- the fact that Rambo lives ensures all the sequels. Not only that, I think because it's set up in the film. You've got maybe I don't know if they went back and they retconned it, but you know you've got um, Troutman saying you know you are the last in this um, you know in the team. In this, uh, what, what does he call it? What team? This outfit. I uh, was Bravo. Elite. Team? The, the, you are the last in this elite special forces Baker team. team. Baker yeah. team. And it would be a shame for you to to go down like this because I think he's saying they're going to kill you, and he's like, so what? You know, sort of yeah. thing. And I think that's why saying that at that point in the film. It would be silly for him just to kill himself at the end. It's better that he hands himself in. Well, they they did uh, test screen the the suicide ending, and the basically the test cards they got back, everyone pretty much unanimously said it's a, a great film, terrible ending. Yeah. So they ended up yeah going with uh, Stallone's uh, version, which is yeah obviously where he survives to to fight another day, another few more days, I think. But no, I think it strikes the right balance because you've got goddamn war hero. Uh, actually inflicting harm on a local police force he needs to pay for his crimes but to kill himself that would be that that's too much it's going too much in the other direction hmm. well um so yeah i think that's the sort of the 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 overview of the film which brings us neatly to coulda woulda shoulda your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could they didn't stop to think if they should So, George, who else was considered... Well, was anybody considered for John Rambo? I'm guessing no. When the, the book rights were going around in the 70s, apparently loads of you know Hollywood stars were approached. Um, so, apparently, uh, Steve McQueen was uh, first considered, but uh, then rejected because he would have been too old to be a, a Vietnam veteran. Um, I think Chris Christopherson was a popular choice because... Right. Rambo is in the book is described as you know long hair bearded you know he does look a bit hippie-ish but um, so yeah uh, I think there was a lot of sort of key actors uh, involved there or considered I should say um, however for the the role of uh, Sheriff Teasel the the producers approached Academy Award winners Gene Hackman and Robert Duvall I, I mean I imagine Hackman would have nailed it oh my god that would have been brilliant he's almost too good apparently Lee Marvin was was also he also turned the role down I'm not sure if you know Lee Marvin I know the name I just can't picture his face yeah he's quite sort of an old craggy guy he was in I think in Dirty Dozen and Point Blank and things like that okay however Kirk Douglas was cast as Colonel Troutman oh my god and was on set for a week so he was cast he'd seen the script but he appeared on uh, on location and basically said he just didn't like any of his lines and he wanted to change them all and Ted Kotcheff in this interview I read is brilliant he does this great anecdote but apparently Kurt Douglas refers to himself in the third person a bit like Donald Trump so yeah he was saying Kurt doesn't say these lines. Kurt doesn't doesn't like these lines. Or he'd want somebody else's line and would say, it's a great line. The sheriff doesn't say it. Kurt Douglas says it. Um, <laughs> I'm not insane. And apparently Douglas felt that Troutman was more like Rambo and wanted to end the film with Troutman driving off wearing a headband with Rambo tied to the front of a car. I'm not insane. Um, it was met with de- uh, some deserved reluctance from Stallone and Douglas promptly quit. So, 
you know, we're talking about our love for Richard Krenner. He was basically flown in with like three days notice. But what a performance he gave in those circumstances. And I think he was sort of, you know, being fed lines on, on set. So, yeah, I think he did a, an amazing performance considering he had very little time to prepare. So, yeah, that is um, some coulda, woulda, shoulda for you. Wow. I just can't imagine that film without uh, Krenner in it. I mean, he is spitting out bits of the scenery. If he's not having a brandy and a cigar, then he's dressed in his beret and trench coat looking the bomb. Well, yeah, it's funny because obviously I think they were initially looking to try and sell it as a as a star role as like a sort of um, you know as a selling point having a, a big actor a, an established actor in that role but yeah I think I mean I, I can't really think of I'm sure I've seen Richard Krenner in other stuff but obviously this is my most memorable uh, of, of his roles it's my most memorable love it okay so that was coulda woulda shoulda unless there's anyone else no 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 that's it so that brings us neatly so that brings us neatly to suspicious spin-offs Obviously, there's been a lot of spin-offs to the Rambo saga. So there is, this is the, the, you know, Last Blood is the fifth film in the series, the fourth sequel. Franchise! There was, as we discussed earlier, the animated series. I need to check that out. I think it's probably best avoided. And I was reading, apparently there's a a Bollywood remake. uh, I have heard about this, and I think it's very silly, and we're probably going to need to link to this somewhere on the blog. Well, I think it comes out next next year I don't I think it's some of it's been filmed but I don't oh, know no no out. no but there are Bollywood films that embody a lot of Rambo that are very silly and then obviously yeah. everyone blows up and then they dance it's wonderful well, why wouldn't you so I've got I've got two potential spin-off ideas okay. one one sensible one silly okay why don't you do you s- I, I've, I've only got one really and, it, and it, I think well I guess maybe we probably agree on this because it was a prequel to this film like what ha- what seeing him train how did we get Rambo how was he made an origin story and I want to see more of Baker team you know I want to see him and the team yeah more going- Trauman yeah I mean is it I don't know if it that sort of diminishes the the whole theme of, of First Blood you know sort of almost like glorifying the Vietnam experience but you could make it a harrowing obviously there's a lot and I know that there's a lot of Vietnam films out there yeah I mean maybe there's was, there was too many but you could be establishing the relationships and also there's an op- opportunity to demonstrate and portray a completely different John Rambo like exactly, yeah. to show what the war did to him imagine if he was like happy go lucky making little wisecracking I'm just trying to think which role that Stallone's done where he's embodied that sort of character but you know what I mean like, yeah. like seeing a guy pre Nam as yeah. it were so yeah I think we're probably both in agreement on that's your sensible one I would like to see maybe more of Dennehy because I think he's a great actor and I'd like to see what what do they do what were they doing before Rambo turned up it's like a weekly cop show Chips but with Dennehy at the helm who <laughs> just him punishing lots of people punishing anyone and I just, don't like you just gets more and more conservative <laughs> old people right yeah you're dirtying up this town get out of my town Hope Springs so yeah my my silly suggestion is is kind of a sketch show and it's called uh, Troutman's Creations and it would basically be just lots of situations so say it's something like um bake off and there's this lovely cake and someone's saying oh this is this is delicious did, did you make the Susie and he's like Susie didn't make this I did and Troutman just appears and he's in just, his trench coat in his trench coat full military gear and just breaks down sort of all the things he's like throwing it like salted caramel lace lots of delicious sponge um, you know or someone's telling off their toddler where did you learn that language did you learn it off Timmy yeah. Timmy didn't teach him I did <laughs> yeah exactly and, just uh, comes out of nowhere like yeah, he just, just pops film. up I like that. that that could just be a running sketch that would work I mean you know it probably like all sketch shows would would, would uh, drop off very quickly but you know I think there's legs yeah or he could just appear in a, in a comedy all on his own oh no he already did yeah they've kind of yeah that has kind of been done in, in Hot Shots Part 2 as well so yeah that is uh, that's it for Suspicious Spinoffs
final thoughts? Final thoughts, rounding ra- rounding up. Yeah, I think as we said uh, at the beginning, both pleasantly surprised to go back and revisit this film. I really enjoyed it, and I was obviously watching this, uh, I think, in two sittings, because it's been the holidays, been juggling a lot of stuff, not always having the opportunity to sit down and watch the thing through and through. And I took a break. I think I watched it one night, and then I finished off the night before. And I was thinking about it all the next day, and I was like, wow, that's a good film. And I was really looking forward to going back, because uh, you know, I think I did split it down the middle. I watched the first 45 minutes and then finished up. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And for for so many reasons, the the crispness of an 80s film, you know, there's obviously ADR going on, but you know those sound effects and you can almost hear the gravel crunch and the, you know, the leaves crackle that obviously sound design today has come a long way. Something that we probably take for granted. But there was something that was, so, was just so beautifully 80s and the car chases felt like um, Blues Brothers and that's why we're doing this podcast. It was great to go back and bask in that sort of film that sort of era again yeah definitely I mean as yeah we've said this isn't one that we repeat watch like uh, some of the other retro ramble episodes but I'm really glad we did go back um, I mean I did actually coincidentally watch uh, Rambo which is the fourth installment uh, recently as it was on Amazon with the terrible CGI blood yes and it is just it's just a bit sort of distasteful there's so much gore and it's just a bit of a nasty film yeah and again you know the, there is the sort of quiet parts and it's it's interesting yeah seeing how the character has progressed and obviously it'll be interesting i you know i am i'll definitely be going to see last bloods just to see how how the especially after seeing this installment see how that that closure that circle completes yeah but he's it's it's his baby he's had a lot of it's my boy i trained him i made him yeah he has had so much to do with this character like rocky but um he's he's a lot older he's a lot wiser and he's still churning them out he's part of the, the mcu so this is a man who has had a you know had a very long career so this must be very close to him so how does he want it to end and i think we've both seen the trailer the trailer kind of as trailers do today in 2019 uh they they, they reveal far too much so it's pretty i think it's pretty clear what this what the tropes of this film are going to be yeah i mean people are joking saying it looks a bit you know home alone-esque with sort of traps and things like tunnels tunnels but yeah i say i'm slightly disappointed he's he's cut off the hair and hasn't got a headband but you know it's more about the character i suppose no but you see how he looks at that barber in the police station in first blood when they're suggesting it cutting his head that's I mean obviously there's the flashback to the knife but I think the reaction was really, don't you touch my do don't touch my do nobody nobody goes near John Rambo's hair um, and yeah I probably will go back because it's been a long t- actually it has been a long time since I've seen First Blood Part 2 just to see how much of a flip from serious you know Vietnam PTSD drama action film to let's get silly exploding arrows because he does have another monologue at the end of First Blood Part 2 but it's nothing on, oh it's not a patch it's not a patch on on, on what no. we've seen not this performance of Stallone sobbing into uh, into Krenner's Krenner's gorgeous pristine military outfit so yeah I mean I, I had a lot of fun I think we both had a lot of fun this is what this this podcast is about um, we will be back next time probably with the Some, 90s something Hall- Halloween-y I something Halloween based because we are going to be in October and with everything else that's going on in the world in October 2019 you probably need a nice little diversion with our podcast a bit of brevity yeah exactly so I've had a lot of fun thank you for following us on all of the social medias on our uh, Facebook Instagram Twitter on our retroramble.blog uh, George anything else that we I mean have you got a book to plug anything else you I'm not going to do my mandatory leave us a review on iTunes plug. yeah don't and anyway it's not called iTunes anymore oh sorry uh, Apple Podcasts uh, no it's Apple Music Apple Mu- no, 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 there's please Apple, there's sign Apple up to Apple Music I've got Tim Cook is calling me saying would you please someone there's only 300 users of apple music and they need they need your support i'm, I'm not going to do that however if you do enjoy listening to us uh, please you know share with like-minded people because you know word of mouth is is really key to us reaching more people and doing more fun stuff okay so uh this has been first blood back in 92 this has been Red 82 Rambo. 82 uh back when things were cool man that would have been neat um my prime <laughs> kicked a football over a mountain <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been Retro Ramble. I've been Charlie McGee. I've been George McGee. And we'll see you next time. Thanks bye a bye. lot. Bye bye.